Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. We're back with our fourth and final episode in the Future of Gravel mini-series here on Bike Radar with me, your host, Catherine Moore. And we're rounding out the topic with one of my very favourite elements. Joining us to chat all things gravel clubs, groups and communities, we've got our very own Robin from the Bike Radar video team. Hi, Robin. Hello. And we've got Harry Milburn from Newtown Park Cycling Club. Hey. Welcome to the studio. And calling in from Girona, multidiscipline racer, photographer, community builder and YT ambassador, Sammy Sowery. Hi, Sammy. <laughs> what an absolute dream team, I have to say. So let's get into it. Shall we start with just talking about some of the really cool gravel communities that we've all had the pleasure of riding with? Sammy, why don't you start us off? Can you tell us about some of the cool off-road groups that you've joined or hosted for a ride? Yeah, so uh, this year, actually, it started really well. Um, I joined the Kamut uh, uh, Rally in Grand Guanche, and, you know, we were 50 nearly 50 women. I think we did in top 50 just because the travel was a bit tough, but yeah, we topped nearly 50 women and damn, that was like pretty, really good. I mean, they're just like all of us hoping, hoping from Iceland to Iceland, like in the cannery. And I, that was, has been my playground for the last three, maybe winters. So it was really nice to see everybody there. Um, and I don't know, it's just like super nice because everybody does little groups and they just, you know, understand each other and join each other and then they hop to another one and they just swap and then, I don't know everybody knows each other at the end and, and we keep chatting on this 
WhatsApp groups and sending photos that we meet uh, people on the road and other places or other countries. So I don't know. It's a very nice community, of course. Um, and then I was lucky to finally organize uh, the W Ride, which is um, a new sort of project uh, um, together with the W Collective and Forum. And basically, we we just did a pre-ride on the Gravel Earth series here in Girona, and forty-five women, you know, joined. It was a Thursday, so nice. on Friday it could have been even the triple, but the Thursday not everybody <laughs> arrived. At least the friends who sent me like, "Oh, I arrived on Friday. I'm sorry, whatever." But like, damn, it's still like forty-five women, you know, like graveling together, and we just did, did like a very slow, easy route. We just chatted, we waited, like even. I remember that moment that we were on top of a hill and we were waiting, like little hill, and we were waiting for everybody. And they're like, everybody was chatting. And I left to like continue the route and nobody continued following me because everybody was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love this. You know, like, this is what I made it for. So it was, it was really nice. Um, and then we had coffee and I don't know, goodies. And I don't know, it was just like, and I was absolutely, yeah, overwhelmed with love about all these people who came. So, mm. yeah, that's that's been my. I saw some pictures from that one. It looked absolutely yeah. amazing. I'm trying to get a few more then for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Robin's been, you won't be able to hear obviously on the podcast, but Robin's been nodding her head along furiously, having also done um, one of the Commute Women's Rallies. And I, I myself has also been, you know, very privileged to do one of those and can attest that just the vibe, right? <laughs> You're like 50 women rolling through. And these are bikepacking routes on like quite remote areas. You know, you um the Montanas Facias. I'm going to absolutely butcher that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like literally um, empty mountains in Spain. And there's like 50 women rolling through and the locals are like, what on earth? This is incredible. Or I was lucky enough to do um, Torino Nice Rally and it's just like 10 mountain calls over the space of a week, but in just the most incredible company. Robin, what were your experiences of the Commute Women's Rallies? Yeah, I mean, I agree with just you kind of going through, through remote landscapes and you're just chatting you know we're going up this hill it takes you like three hours and just like blah 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 you're going up <laughs> you don't even notice you're going up because you're like having nice chats so yeah just meeting great people it was such a good community so yeah so how about in and around bristol i know you've joined loads of different groups and clubs for rides do you find there's like a really good gravel club scene around here yeah we're very lucky in bristol um that we have just so many different uh, gravel groups. There's something a bit more slower and a bit more kind of diverse, like Rooting for You, which uh, is all about, you know, you don't have to wear Lycra. It's all really inclusive. It's about stopping for cake, but maybe you're not, you know, you're not doing like 50 mile rides. Uh, and then there's kind of longer rides, kind of, um, there's one called Bristol Grip, which meets every Wednesday. And that's a bit more like shreddy and maybe you're doing like 40 miles after work sort of thing. And then... Bristol's where School of Rocks started and School of Rocks is kind of like a women-led gravel school that has like different terms where you kind of go through learning about how to descend or how to ascend on gravel and at the very end you have a graduation where you kind of <laughs> have a big celebration <laughs> where uh, everyone goes out for a big ride together and maybe sleeps out together. Yeah, and then there's Newtown Park Brewery, which I guess we'll hear about in a minute, um, Altera Gang, uh, Araf Club. There's just, there's loads and loads of different ones. So we're quite lucky in Bristol for that respect. Nice, nice. So that leads us nicely on to you, Harry, and your involvement with Newtown Park. So am I right in thinking that you joined when it was like strictly a road club? How did you sort of turn that around? 
Well, um, I met them last summer at an event. Um, it was set up by three guys um, and they just seemed like super welcoming. Um, I've kind of always been a bit put off road clubs. And I mean, to be honest, I've only been riding three years. So most of that was locked down. Um, didn't really have the opportunity to meet and ride continually with a club and was probably just a bit put off by sort of heavily male cultures. So just sort of through Instagram, I've sort of met people and that's been my community as such. Yeah. But when I met Newtown, I was like, actually, these guys seem really welcoming. And it was, at the time, mostly male. So yeah, I was just like, then started regularly riding with them. They do about five different groups. So they have Hills and Pills on a Wednesday, um, Cafe Crew on a Friday morning, um, every alternative Sunday they have a social ride of different distances and then one of the founders was like does anyone want to set up um, any other rides and I was like well I know this is a bit rogue but what about gravel and I actually just thought they'd just laugh at me (laughs) (laughs) just coming in swanning in and being like can we just go ride on some mud please Um, but no they were like yeah go for it so we started we just chose a day that didn't have sort of another gravel ride on like you know we're not here to compete against anyone in any sense um but it was just sort of to get the people that already ride at Newtown to then just be like okay what what's an alternative um and it's just like a super community-led approach to the Monday nights like you know nobody leads it it's um there's about eight of us that just sort of take it in turns to organize so that's just from like planning a route um and just to sort of making sure that the night all goes well we don't drop anyone um but if you want to go ahead like you know where the pub is um it's cool trails and ales everything relates back to Newtown Brewery um which is is it which is one of the founders he started it so yeah it's just a really social but you can still push yourself if you want to I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Nice. So it's already like just within three different people's experience, like a huge variety of different clubs and communities revolving around gravel then. So a question for all of you. What is it that you think makes these gravel communities different from other groups that you've ridden with? 
like what makes them really special? Sammy, can you distill that into any like particular thing? I think like gravel specifically of what I've sensed over the last years is that it definitely brings you to the outdoors in a way, you know, like it's, it's not on next to cars. It's not on a paved road. And it just feels like you're definitely in nature and the pace doesn't really matter because gravel is like, you can do it very fast, but it's never going to be fast as the road. So I think that's the opportunity that brings to everybody and all kind of people to come on board um, because yeah, I just think you can do it everywhere. Like there's gravel in every single part of the world. So, and you discover a lot more actually going through gravel than through a road because the roads normally have an end and the gravel never has an end or like it may have an end and it's a single track or et cetera. Like, but I just think it's a very, it's yeah. I, I think like gravel is just a great thing for like everybody, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to like, it's hard yeah. to like express it, but it's just like, yeah, it's a, it's it's open doors for every kind of person who wants to enter uh, cycling in a yeah in a nice and also good to see the like um, I can't do it sorry let me a second in a protective way not protective but you know like you're out of the car so like mostly out of the car so like yeah this place for everybody. Yeah, I definitely think that just being able to, if you're going down a double track and there's no traffic, just being able to ride along some alongside somebody without constantly looking over your shoulder to see yeah. if there's a car coming. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, wondering, you can have some really good conversations. Also, I had a really good chat with somebody the other day about, like, why do I open up my whole soul to people that I've just met on these bike rides? And I think it's yeah, because okay. you're, you're riding alongside somebody and you don't have to look them in the eye. <laughs> and suddenly I've revealed like my life secrets. We should have done this podcast on bikes. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think, as you say, Sammy, like just being out in nature, you know, not you don't have that. Of course, there are competitive group rides or like, um, ones where you're like really pushing each other on and I'm sure for like people who are more racing focused and that's something that's really cool but for a lot of us you can just sort of throw away your average speed when you're on gravel because it's so variable anyway that you can't really compare like one ride with the next because of you know the different terrain or where, how muddy it is how much has been raining <laughs> that sort of thing yeah no one really you don't really look at gravel rides do you like on like at speed on gravel rides and like or distance really there's doesn't really matter quite as much as like on road rides perhaps uh so yeah it becomes about something different doesn't it yeah <laughs> yeah it's not on the stats I think it's you turn up to a road ride and you're kind of like right I have to do a certain pace or maybe there's that expectation that you think you should do a certain mm. pace Whereas I've sort of, I've asked a couple of people this question recently and I just think being out on a gravel bike is just sort of the tool to get you outdoors. It's it's a way to, you know, be in a forest or something. I, I mean, I don't really like walking and I, I actually barely walk. <laughs> I actually cycle. boring. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy athletic. <laughs> my legs, if I walk too far, that my legs start to hurt. So, <laughs> but then, you know, I don't get to go through these forests if I not have access to an off-road bike. And it's, for me, it is outdoors first, being on a bike second. It's just an enabler in that way. Um and it's opened so many doors for me. I think it, in lockdown, when I first started riding, 
it was a way to travel at a time when travel wasn't allowed. Um, and then to be able to access that off-road has just sort of expanded where my reach of it effectively. Mm. Um, but also the people you meet, like, and to be able to share that journey. And I mean, that's the only reason I do any sort of racing is the people. Mm. Otherwise, I'd just go off and do it on my own, which... <laughs> I do think gravel like attracts like a very certain sort of person. I think because gravel riding is in a way like kind of silly. It's like you're riding like <laughs> a bike that's not, it's, you're kind of underbiked all the time. You have to be a little bit uncomfortable. You have to do a bit of hiker bike sometimes. You have to be ready to like face bogs and rocks. Uh, and it just kind of attracts people with a bit of a silly outlook on life or a bit more outgoing. Yeah. So yeah, you always meet some like really fun people on all these rides. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, something similar. I think like, Gravel is like a mix, obviously, or like how I see it, it's a mix between mountain bike and road. It, in, in my head, it's something that you go out and you have to concentrate a minimum enough to not get, you know, distracted and get off path. So that, mean, that means that you're like, you're mentally healthy because you're like not in a road monotone that you're actually overthinking something that happened during the mm -hmm. day or whatever. Like, that's how I picture like I go on the road now okay I'm training a bit more for these events just to keep a minimum of like fitness <laughs> um but if not I every time I can it's just gravel and even in my trainings I probably squeeze the gravel and I also think because it's so good for the mental health like it's it's mm -hmm. just as you say like it's nature it's concentrating on what you're doing in that exact moment and just, yeah, watching around, enjoying it, not really being like, oh, I'm on a time turn bike. I'm thinking about everything that has happened just the last days and it's very monotone. So that's how I see it. It's like a, a proper escape. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the other thing about gravel is it's all so new. Okay, you could argue that we've been riding mountain bikes like this for a very long time, but the, the whole, like, concept of gravel as we know it today is, I'd say, sort of come about in the last 10 years and we yeah. don't have like centuries of dogma about you know what you should wear and mm -hmm. how you should act and what speed you should be doing and how you should set up your bike and like all these different things and I'm definitely not here to be road bashing because I think you know road cycling <laughs> is amazing in its own way and there's some really awesome road groups out there but whether it's in jest or not there is like a lot of rules or um, you know, things that you might have or have not to do. I think there's quite a lot of barriers as well yeah. um, in road cycling in terms of you think you should look a certain way or you should have that brand. And mm -hmm. I'd like to hope that there's a bit less of that within gravel and just off-road in general and that it's a bit more relaxed and the, the mindset has just shifted a bit rather than, you know, fashion or... Uh, speed and time and all this it's hopefully it's a much more about just sort of the smells of the trees or the sound of the birds and it's the complete sort of shift into a lot more relaxed atmosphere yeah the gravel flannel shirt you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the only uniform <laughs> I think also um because you, until last year, with the first UCI gravel event, you actually couldn't be a professional gravel rider. And so there wasn't really anything, I don't know, there was no like 
gravel where you could like see an event or online or anything so in that way yeah you couldn't see like what the pros are doing because there weren't really any pros um mm. so I wonder if that's going to change over the next couple of years and I guess it might do but yeah there's definitely a lot more coverage isn't there is that something that you've experienced Sammy with like the racing that you've been doing oh yeah absolutely I think like from years? the first especially the track I raised this one that just happened a few weeks ago here in Girona the first year there was like nobody. It was just like a couple <laughs> like roads, you know, like, like three trees, the start line. Yeah, you there you go. <laughs> and that was <laughs> and this year was like, whoa, that was more than a festival, you know. <laughs> so there's definitely there is a big change in gravel. That's how I see. It's um it's obviously going into the mainstream. Uh they are bringing some brands bringing pros into like normal UCI sorry UCI races or normal ride like races which I think that's is this is a personal opinion eh? everybody can take it as they want but I think they are destroying the gravels like essence because mm. we like I race but I also am a normal athlete or person or whatever I'm not a you know world tour athlete and I probably will never be and I just go there and enjoy my day as an event and push myself into the limits. Like a lot of the girls and boys who are actually working their way through. But then suddenly there's this like world tour who already wins like millions over the year. And then he knows he's fit enough to win it. And it just comes and sets off like an insane pace and nobody follows. And I think I understand the marketing point for the brands on this because gravel is selling 80% more than a road bike these days. But, you know, you can also, you you have to think about that the, the person who are you, that brands are actually selling the bike are not pro cyclists, are actually normal people like we are. So they should, <laughs> you know, maintain a bit the spirit of what gravel is. And, uh, and that could only be from the top, I think. Mm. That's my... So do you think, Sammy, that these groups that we've been talking about do you think they're key in helping to maintain the spirit that you talk absolutely about? and that's one of my reasons why I definitely wanted to do the W rights and collective and just bring bring more of this into the world and again like doing things a bit different and not so um stick to the always the same like bike checks and you know like and videos perfectly and all that stuff like <laughs> All these things I, I'm trying to switch around um, just because, yeah, I I, I want to keep that essence. I want to keep the fun essence of the gravel. That's how I discovered and that's how I want to show it to everybody else. Nice. I've definitely met some amazing, weird, alternative, hilarious characters whilst like doing gravel events or um, meeting gravel communities around the world. And like, just absolutely amazing. I love it. It's like gravel is like the weird cousin <laughs> that everyone, like a bit of a dark horse that no one sort of pays too much attention to. But then all of a sudden they're there doing something incredible. And I remember um, last year at Grand Jury, Pennsylvania, somebody turned up and they had like this incredible hand-built steel bike with like beautiful shiny fenders and then leopard print, like... You know how you get the fake fur, but like made into the, the um, what do you call them? The like extensions on the bottom of the mudguards. Oh, it was just divine. It was so cool. And I'm like, <laughs> where would you amazing. see that it anywhere so else? Good. <laughs> it was just incredible. It stuck with me. But yeah, there's, there's like the hashtag going around, isn't there? Keep gravel weird. 
And I just think that's so funny because, yeah, like you say, it's not surprising that we see world tour athletes and brands and sort of things piling in at the pointy end of racing. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that the sort of gravel communities that we've been talking about are responsible for helping to keep the essence, like you say, of gravel there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that sort of takes us on to like where we think gravel is going in the future, which is really what we wanted to dig into in this podcast. So do any of you have any sort of like predictions do you think with in terms of gravel groups and communities, do you think they're going to keep on growing massively? Do you think we're going to see, um, you know, segregation in different types of communities? Where do you think it's going? Anybody want to go first? <laughs> Harry, why don't you take it away? I I mean, obviously, I probably am a bit biased because I've sort of surrounded myself with gravel people in the last sort of especially year and a half. And I don't have that much experience of road riders but I can almost see that it could it could go bigger than road communities and I think it's just when you first start riding you think that road is the only thing but as it as it grows and the grassroots grows I think the attitude in general and again not slamming road groups at all in any (laughs) form but um it's just so much more welcoming. I think with the bikepacking culture and that sort of desire for adventure and slow travel, um, it covers sort of a massive umbrella of not just gravel riding. It's you know a gravel ride could be going out for a 10k or it could be doing a multi-day thousand k, but you're still gravel riding in in different formats within the same community of sort of like-minded people. Um, so I really do sort of see it getting getting pushed and almost going past what road cycling is currently. Yeah, definitely. I could I could see that happening. I um, went to a new co-working space to try it out for the other day. And at the end of the day, I got talking to the couple who ran it and they were asking what I was into, you know, bike journalism. They were like, oh, great. And they're not cyclists themselves. But they said, we're looking at getting gravel bikes. And I was like, oh, cool. So like, yeah, I think great, for a lot it? of people, it's becoming this entry point where it's like, you don't have to do the whole like thing if you don't want to. You can, you know, literally go off road from your back door and explore sort of thing. And I think, like you say, you know, not only becoming even bigger than road, but also becoming mainstream in a way that it appeals to non-cyclists, which is super cool. Yeah, actually, I've got a story on this. My best friend is like, she used to cycle all the time, but she kind of didn't want to do it anymore. And she recently got an electric gravel bike because um, she's got asthma. So she she never wanted to join a gravel group because she was a bit worried that um, she wouldn't be left behind. Um, but yeah, she's got an electric gravel bike. And now it's just like changed her outlook like totally. Um, and yeah, she didn't like riding on the road because of the cars and roads are super busy. But obviously a lot of gravel riding is kind of takes you off road. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's given her loads of like just loads of extra joy of like finding new areas around Bristol so yeah I I definitely think it's it's something that's just going to appeal to more and more people and especially with Cycling UK who are kind of producing lots more like multi-day gravel routes um yeah more and more people are just looking for like ways to get around that don't involve cars so my hope for the future is that they're going to start making more and more off-road routes to just link more and more places and then we don't have to ever ride on the road (laughs) um so we'll see maybe (laughs) 
hopefully. That would be nice. <laughs> Joe, I actually got into gravel riding because my mum bought a bike and it was a gravel bike. And I was like, oh, can I borrow that? And so her first bike was a gravel bike. So I sort of had that for three months while I put the order in for mine. And um, now we just go off in the forest in Suffolk together and she's literally like squealing down the trails. <laughs> like thinks that she can actually over we went back last weekend she fell off in a ditch twice but it's just like <laughs> this is brilliant <laughs> um so it is super accessible like she, she doesn't ride much I've just got tubeless on so she's nice. she's there but hopefully I really do want to take a bike packing um which again just shows the accessibility yeah, of it yeah that sounds awesome I've got a few friends that have been bike packing with their parents and I'm just very jealous <laughs> <laughs> how about you Sammy do you see things going a similar way do you have any different predictions no I think it's it's pretty similar I also I think like um, obviously gravel it's uh, like the earlier mountain bike stage you know um, and it just needs to find its different not disciplines but like you know, have different type of gravel. Like I think it's going through mm-hmm. that way because, you know, we have bikepacking, but bikepacking people like don't take the same as a one day 360 kilometer race. Like that's like completely two different probably people. There's a lot of people who actually do it as a training or whatever, but like I still think that, yeah, it's going to go different ways also because the bikes are doing an evolution. They see more with suspension. We see more with like a lot of, um, different type of engineering and i think it's going to grow to more so i think it's going to be more like a mellow steel good bike like you were saying like a beautiful bike you know and and just enjoying nature and enjoying the like a normal pace and stuff and then you will have like the really core like downhill like i have a suspension so i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> I'm down. um and that's like you know i will not do that same pace probably on my steel bike that I still have. <laughs> um, and then there's other evolutions that probably come up uh, sooner or later. So I think gravel is going to have just its different, you know, segments. I mean, if I can call it like that, but, but it's coming, I think a uh, bit by bit. And, um, and then urban, I think urban gravel or urban city riding and gravel. I, I don't like to run. It's not that big to have that. Um, and most is even smaller. But I think, and I spoke with a few brands, and this is really what it's coming and it's pushing because at the end, the cities itself are pushing uh, to be only bikes um, in most of the Northern Europe, at least. And I think that while you live outside and you want to also enjoy the outdoors, I think it's a perfect combination because it's a comfortable bike. It's not too, like it can go any terrain. It's, uh, yeah, it's not a bike that probably, yeah, you need to like, get like a massive lock or like a garage or something you can maybe have a bike like pretty good enough to like leave it on the street and not get stolen and i don't know i think like there's a lot of opportunity there as well yeah definitely it's interesting you're saying that because in a previous episode talking about the future of gravel tech we were you know looking at the bike of the year testing that we've been doing here at bike radar for gravel and warren is campaigning to have more than one gravel category for next year because it's so different the sort of like racy almost road style bikes that at one end of the spectrum and then sort of bike packing bikes in the other corner with the massive tires and then you've got the sort of trail ready bikes that are completely different again and they're all at the moment sort of lumped into one category um so yeah I definitely see that sort of 
I was going to say speciation, but that's my zoology nerd <laughs> head kicking in. But like this distinction between like sub subgenres or sh- subcategories within gravel becoming a thing. And do you think that the, the groups will follow suit? Do you think there'll be like separate communities on the racier end and the more mountain bikey end? Or do you see it all still being mixed I think, together? I mean, I think if you want to join, you can, you know, join with whatever, um, a group or a club mm. or something. Uh, it doesn't really matter of what you're wearing or what bike you have. I always say that and I have it still on top of my list because at the end you just have to go and and join and enjoy the day with other people so that's that's why you're going to a group or a community you're not going for it to do the best krm on a little hill or whatever you know um <laughs> so yeah i think like definitely there will be different ones like there will be more the bikepacking ones and then maybe there will be more the i don't know the daily rides one i don't know like but definitely i think that's there's, there is in gravel there's room for everybody for sure Mm-hmm. I love that. Should we wrap up with that? In gravel, <laughs> there's room for everybody. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, so thank you so much for tuning in to our Future of Gravel series here on the Bike Radar podcast. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic, so do wing us an email at podcast at bikeradar.com and we'll be sure to check it out. A huge thank you to Sammy, Harry and Robin for joining me today and spreading the love with gravel riding communities around the world. If you haven't tried joining one and you're feeling inspired, then do see this as your message to go for it. We're pretty sure that you won't regret it. Do make sure to subscribe and rate the Bike Radar podcast if you haven't already and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you.